Welcome to the latest episode in the Paradise Talks pod series, where we offer insider insights on the creative industries. Our focus today is brands in the well-being and specifically healthy eating space. I'm your host, Emma Bartholomew. We've all been living through a period of self-containment and for many of us, self-reflection. So it's no surprise that part of that reflection has been about what we feed ourselves, leading to more of us turning to healthier alternatives when looking for snacks and meals. The healthy eating space is a competitive one where every brand needs to find its own niche and personality in order to appeal to engage its audience. Some do this purely by entertaining the crowd, but some put more thought into the well-being value of the message they drive via more educational brand content, mirroring the nourishing qualities of their products. I'm delighted to be joined by two such brands today. With me to discuss this ever-evolving, growing space within the consumer market are two women who have seen a need to provide more nourishing options and built their businesses and brands around that. It's my pleasure to introduce Bay Burdett, founder of Bay's Kitchen, which produces award-winning, low FODMAP, gluten-free and dairy-free foods, most of which are vegan too. The product range includes sauces, soups, stops and condiments. A long-term sufferer of IBS, Bay's aims are to produce foods and recipes that allow families to enjoy meals together regardless of dietary restrictions. To take away the pain and discomfort many people experience due to the food they eat, while increasing awareness of the condition and removing the taboo that surrounds IBS. Bay's Kitchen is stocked widely, including at Amazon, Ocado and Morrison's. Welcome, Bay. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Now, I mentioned one piece of terminology in your introduction that our listeners might not be familiar with, and that's the low FODMAP diet. Could you just briefly explain what that means so everyone's clear? Yeah, I will try to keep it brief. It's a a slightly complicated term, Um, but a low FODMAP diet is essentially um, uh, IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. So it's an IBS friendly diet. So it stops triggering um, or or can reduce the triggers um, for your symptoms. So people with IBS get things like bloating, cramps, changes in bowel habits, fatigue, backache, the list kind of goes on. So the diet works by removing uh, high FODMAP and moderate FODMAP ingredients. So FODMAPs are short chain uh, carbohydrates and sugar alcohols, which can be naturally found in uh, foods as well as um, preservatives um, and artificial sweeteners. So something like onion and garlic, those are two of the the key culprits. Um, And so the diet works by removing these from from your your eating lifestyle. And then you do that for a short period. And then you look to reintroduce as many foods back into your diet as possible, because lots of people will only be intolerant to certain different groups of them. Um, And then you end up with a personalized low FODMAP diet as such. But it's, it's all designed around stopping those triggers um, for those, those horrible, uncomfortable symptoms that you get with IBS and many other gut conditions too. That's really helpful. Thanks, Bay. And it, hopefully it will help somebody who's listening to this. Um, 
Now, my second guest, who I'm also delighted to welcome today, is Kate Percy. Kate has written three best-selling cookbooks and established an award-winning range of healthy energy snacks, Kate Percy's Go Bites, while spreading what she calls hashtag Enerjoy, the joy of good energy, vitality, and happiness through her brand, Kate Percy's. Founded in 2008, Kate has been developing recipes and nutrition educational resources for a growing community of people and families. Her hashtag Cook5 with Kate campaign challenges, inspires, and supports families with the skills to cook at least five recipes from scratch. She's also developed healthy eating programs for the BBC and Virgin Sport. Kate, welcome to Paradise Talks. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's a joy, an energy joy. Let's hope we're all feeling energised by the end of this chat. Um, I have to ask you, I'm sure you get asked all the, this all the time, but do you have a favourite amongst the recipes that you encourage families to cook from scratch? Uh, well, that's quite a fluid thing. My favourites change all the time. <laughs> but um, Okay, that's the good, I think yeah. at the moment, uh, I'm really excited about... Um, a, a pizza base that I've just developed that we're just about to launch. Uh, basically, we're just about to launch a, a range of savoury baking mixes that are going to give our uh, our families and young people a kind of a leg up to, to cook from scratch. And the pizza base is um, vegan and gluten-free and it's a delicious mix of flaxseed and buckwheat and oat flours and it actually really works. It, it tastes fantastic. It's light and fluffy and crispy on the bottom. So, uh, and it's good for you as well at the same time. So uh, that's, that's my current favourite. Oh, that sounds so good. And I'm just thinking that that's amazing timing for people going off to university and maybe cooking for themselves for the first time. And a pizza base would be pretty appealing to them. Yeah. So great yeah. timing. Thank you. Yum. <laughs> good, and good luck. <laughs> Good luck with the launch of that new range. Um, now, back to both of you. Um, as, as healthy eating brands, so conscious of the health of those who use your products and follow your recipes. Um, Bay, I'll ask you this first. How important is the personality of the brands that you've built, uh, of Bay's Kitchen in, in your case, in terms of your ability to reach your audience in the most authentic and true way it's it's really key so the personality of our brand is is one of the main things I kind of focused on when I when I started building it so living with digestive conditions allergies and other dietary restrictions can be really tough and not a lot a lot of people talk about it so we try and ensure that we're a really open and approachable brand and I do that through um, our communications as well as just having a really vibrant looking brand website packaging etc we want people to kind of enjoy using our products and that they want to pick them off the shelf and they want to share them with friends and and it become this sort of uh, collaborative community as such um, and people letting other people know you know have you tried this product it really works for you know these conditions I know you suffer with this and it just get getting people to talk more which is just it's um it's kind of one of my missions uh with Bay's Kitchen is just getting people being more open about um 
different digestive conditions, different dietary restrictions, allergies, and, and just general well-being. Um, and, I, and that's just so important to us. Absolutely. Healthy communication is healthy in itself. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, Kate, how about you? Um, do you think that having the personality within the brand really helps you to reach your audience? Um, yes, I mean, similar to Bay, it, 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 basically the, the whole brand uh, came from um, my experience of changing my diet and finding uh, how my energy levels was, were, were just so increased um, by literally focusing more on slow-releasing carbohydrates, um, really, really good fibre-rich, unprocessed foods. Um, and it's all about you know, building that engagement so that we can get our educational message across. Um, and a lot of that comes from uh, everything coming from the Kate Percy brand. So, uh, for instance, I do all the social media um, and the, the, our email marketing, and that's kind of manifested in people coming back to me directly with quite emotional emails and messages on social media saying how the product has helped them perhaps in a running race or how my books have changed their and their families' lives, and, uh, which is great. <laughs> um, so I think it, when it comes from you, being authentic as a brand, it just comes very naturally um, and makes makes it kind of easier, I suppose, as, as a brand to to get that personality of the brand across, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And uh, I can absolutely see it in both of your brands. Uh, you kind of instantly, as, as an observer, as an audience member, as a consumer, you instantly feel close to both of your brands when you kind of step inside both of your brand kind of worlds and experiences. And I think that's that's been very very sensitively and carefully done um and Kate I'll I'll just leading on from that um you you've touched on this yourself in what you've just said about um your very personal responses to uh the people who communicate with you on social media and so on do you think um that having yourself as a kind of figurehead of the brand does that strengthen the overall brand narrative, not just within the social media, but um, within the brand itself, is that that feels to me like it's at the heart of everything you do. And I, I get the sense from what you just said that that's very deliberately done. Yes, actually, we, we went through a process a couple of years ago um, when we kind of rebranded, re changed, changed our actual look and feel of the brand. And um, the the choices were really either to uh, have the brand absolutely centred around Kate Percy or just go product related, you know, and have like energy balls leaping around the place and everything's about, you know, the, the product. And we and our the advice was actually if you go product related, you will um, you'll see immediate success and if you go for the kind of personal more personal softer brand approach that will take longer to build but will be more sustainable um, 
and we chose the latter. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, what it means is that because we've got so many aspects to the brand, so there's the food product, there's my books, there's my work as a food for fitness journalist, there's our Cook 5 with Kate campaign and all the educational resources inside of that side of things. Um, it means that we can marry all those individual pillars so much more coherently um, and that that's that's what really works for us yeah it's it's very interesting hearing um the kind of thought process behind it and and bay i i imagine that it's a similar situation for you in terms of being the figurehead being the presenter of the the videos that you present for example on your on your website and so on was that is that something that's been done very consciously to have you as the figurehead to strengthen the voice and the heartbeat of the brand as it were yeah absolutely it's um i've come from a marketing background and and the personal story always seems to resonate with customers um a, a lot but particularly in this instance i think where people are suffering with with different conditions and things and to to know that the brand that they turn to is run by someone who has those same conditions and so completely understands what those customers are going through, what they need um, from that brand. Um, and that's in terms of the resources we put out. So in terms of recipes and blog articles, as well as the actual products, it just, it gives that confidence in them that, that we're a brand that are trying to help um and that's because i'm you know trying to help myself as well as all, all our customers um with those same uh, dietary restrictions conditions allergies etc so it's yeah it's vital, vitally important to to the base kitchen brand that that i am at the forefront that um i am i am the um the main person in the videos I do talks at different uh, things like the allergy and free from show coming up um I I am that sort of center figure and it's it just shows you know that the brand cares about the condition as well as the products that we're selling and and we you know we never want to just be seen as this product-based company that's you know it's just another food brand it's we're here for a purpose and and um and we've got a mission behind us to help people live a, a you know a more enjoyable lifestyle through food that they eat um so many people uh you know if you start suffering with digestive conditions and allergies and things you you end up normally with quite a, a bad relationship with food and we we want to turn that around and make people enjoy food again yeah i love that positive approach and and the fact that both of you and both of your brands have in common a sense of humanity and empathy in your brands, the personality of your brands and in your branding, which is so carefully done, carefully balanced. Um, and it, it leads me to ask something which, uh, I, I mean, this sounds like it, it might be an exaggerated power of, of the brand, but I'm very interested to know. Um, Kate, did you want to add something? Uh, yes, I think that's a really important thing that you you just said there, and, and that is, as a health, uh, you know, promoting healthy eating and a, a, as a healthy food brand, um, I think where Bay and I are both coming from is 
food is to be enjoyed it's not it's yeah. not to be seen as some sort of de- um, privation and um you so often like you know you're at shows and people walk past and they say I don't eat healthy food and you think <laughs> please just try it because it's really great and it's going to give you you know this fantastic energy that you you just need to experience um and it's uh I think it's a it's a long uh it's something that's been going on for such a long time that has to be gradually changed it's this approach to healthy eating that is actually healthy food is delicious and um and fantastic and will give you that inner joy that that we will we'll we're all looking for um so yeah. i think we're both on the same on the same uh wavelength there just trying to get that good food to uh, be enjoyed by everyone Absolutely. And as you say, Kate, there's an educational piece in in the appeal and in the kind of maybe cultural change towards people's attitudes to foods, choices, eating and nourishing ourselves more more generally. Um, And you've both been moved to create brands due to a need that you recognised within yourselves, but also within the wider community to provide something more nourishing to your customers is it in any way possible to nourish your audiences via the educational content that you publish and share in person and also via your marketing and branding material? Or is that, is that me taking the concept a bit far? Bay, what, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, no, I think so. I mean, it's, we put out things like our blog and our recipe content to educate people um, about the, you know, whether no matter where they are on their journey. So we've got different areas on our blog, for instance, that if people um, don't even know what the low FODMAP diet is or that they've just been diagnosed with IBS and, and are in this, oh, my God, what do I do now? Um, so we've got different sections of our of our content that I think is really key for for people to be able to dip into and and educate themselves on that and and that's just as important as you know the actual products we put out and and talking about the the physical food that that we're talking about eating but it's the education piece is is yeah definitely huge for us and and we get registered dietitians in um people that are, are completely um trained up on like the low FODMAP diet on IBS on other digestive conditions and gut health and things to make sure that this content is coming from a um you know a dietitian's perspective someone with some actual training as well so that the the content is um what's the word uh you know it's it's authentic it's certified it's it can be trusted basically so it, it's not just always my opinion it's it's actually coming from from there um does that answer the question yeah absolutely yeah. does and and kate anything anything to add on that um concept of nourishing via educating your your audience and also the wider the wider community yeah i mean that the whole um mission of the brand is to nourish our, our audience with with education and with mm-hmm. with good food um and that's you know all our communications are about that so 
Um, I hope it's possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> the and, and yeah, I think I do believe it is, and I, I agree with Bay. It's uh, we um, we have like all my recipes are um, approved by a registered nutritionist, um, and we have um, a, you know with Celiac UK um, approved um, as well with the cross grain cross grain um, logo on our products uh, so I think it's a question of um, uh, being authentic yes but also giving people the the confidence uh, in in the, the information that you're giving out um, so that they you know their what, what's the word yeah the confidence I suppose in 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 what you um in what in, in the information that you're giving i think we you know we've people always look for um uh validation i think and i think you can do that through through influencers um and through uh qualified you know qualified people like dietitians and nutritionists uh and just really getting your actual audience to engage with you and, and give you reviews and tell to, uh, talk about how um, how the product is helping helping them and I think all that kind of mixed up actually works to to give give the, the audience the, the confidence to use your products. Absolutely, building that products. building that uh, brand trust which yes. is is so important especially within this particular field and um kate you mentioned there getting reviews from from your um your market your clients your customers your family if you like so i kind of yeah. see both of you as having a family a community yeah. of of um consumers who who enjoy and and are nourished by your products um is it important in terms of specific product feedback that you get uh, via any kind of engagement or communication uh, in order for you to think, oh, that would be a great new idea for a product, or maybe we need to tweak this in that way? Is, is that something that is a kind of ever ongoing process, um, Kate? Um, yes, it is. In fact, we're kind of working on this at the moment, and our next sort of big campaign uh, is going to be on... Um, new flavors for the go bites so we're going to kind of do a competition uh over social media on you know what what flavors people uh would like um and hopefully make it a bit fun so people kind of suggest some wacky ones as well um and from that we can actually you know uh, you know hopefully come up with some um extensions to our range uh that people are really going to want um, and it's going to be a bit of fun as well and I think just getting it's been really difficult over the past couple of years for I'm sure Bay agrees with this for a small brand um, to, uh, to 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 get any to, to sort of get any recognition over all the noise that's on social media in the past, what, where we've really built our audience has been at events, you know, going to, um, uh, for instance, Run Fest Run, the Chris Evans um, running event um, and shows and the um, 
the Allergy and Free From show, for instance, and just, you know, getting out there. And that's been very difficult. So we're really looking forward to, to uh, getting, getting out there again um, and talking directly to our consumers and potential consumers. I think that's, for us, that's, that's really key. Yeah, absolutely. Well, me personally, I want some of those wacky flavor combinations to win because I want to try those energy balls. I want them in wacky flavors. Do you have any hopes that you would put something really crazy out there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I... It depends. I think what I, what would be really good to do would be to, like limited edition ones. So I think yes, we'll maybe nice. do. I think maybe a nice ginger. Ginger seems to be very popular. We haven't got a ginger mm. flavor, um, like fig and ginger or something. But we maybe do some um, some limited edition wacky flavors um, with uh, a bit of a bit of something interesting in like chili. I love chili chocolate. I suppose that's not that wacky. But uh, any suggestions would be gratefully received, please. <laughs> oh, that's a challenge. You've laid down the gauntlet now. We're all going to be putting our thinking caps on. Um, the other and... thing is I really want every, all, the, all the products we're trying to, you know, the whole thing is to um, offer something that is enriched with, um, with, with goodness. So like with the baking kits, with flaxseed. Um, with the the energy balls with with oats you know so we we want to kind of give something a little bit extra than just a tasty snack to eat (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely everything seems to be a very holistic approach which seems very appropriate Um, Mm. and Bay I I mean I think that because Bay's Kitchen is such a community of um, forums and conversations it would seem obvious to me that you are constantly communicating with with your audience does does their feedback and their suggestion um, lay heavily on your on your decision making in terms of developing products and the brand more generally yeah absolutely it's um it's the first thing we actually do when we're looking at new products so we actually put a survey out uh, last month uh, to all of our customers. So we put it out on social media and then through our email channels um, to all of our, our audience to ask what products they want. Um, and we ask a variety of questions. So we make sure that we're hitting the key um kind of certifications and things that they want from products so we ask you know is is low FODMAP important to you is dairy free is gluten free is organic etc etc so we get that kind of feedback as well as specific product feedback uh, to see what people want us to develop and you know I, I wouldn't have a brand if it wasn't for our customers so it's it's so important to get their feedback and opinions on, on what products they want to see um, and because uh, that's what's gonna gonna make the brand stay around and and grow but feedback to us is it's it's so important and it's it's also um it's what's kept me going I think over the last three and a half years you know running a a food brand is is definitely a bit of a roller coaster um and and being this you know my first ever startup business it's there's been definite highs and lows but the feedback you get from the customers is just it's 
it's just amazing and it, it it you know being a small business it genuinely does make you do a little happy dance that you've got some <laughs> some really nice feedback and whether that's you know on a google review or just someone sharing their meal that they've had that night and it's got your product in it it's all of that is just amazing to see that people are enjoying something that you've created and and that your mission is working so we uh, we actively encourage feedback and, and as well as negative feedback because that always helps and it helps us you know adapt our products or or change things where things might you know not quite be right. So it's it it's definitely at the heart of of what we do is is finding out what our customers want and and what they're happy with and and what they want next. Mm. It feels like the relationship that you both have with your like I said, your family of, of consumers is um, is really important. But I wanted to touch on something, Bay. You just talked about the roller coaster of starting a business, and Kate mentioned um, the challenge of of being an independent, smaller brand or startup brand. I mean, you're both growing and you're both doing incredible things, especially given the circumstances that we've all been living through over the last eighteen months in terms of getting your voices out there. Um, but I wonder, Kate, I'll come back to you with this one because you touched on it before. Having your voice heard as an independent brand, I mean, we are an ever more globalized marketplace. Yes, there are event opportunities to spread the word when events are possible um, and there are online conversations. But is that is that a tough element of being an independent brand? Um, it has its I suppose it has its pluses and its minuses. Um, mm-hmm. It has been a really tough couple of years, I have to say. Um, and just going back to that feedback, you know, you can be on a, it, it's amazing how just a little comment can bring you right back up there. <laughs> you can yeah. be, you know, in, in quite a dark place. And then so, someone will say, oh, you know, I just had I just had a go by it and did this. and And it's just... It, it, it just brings you right back up, <laughs> which is lovely. So please keep feeding back to all the brands that you love, uh, anyone who's listening, because uh, we really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, particularly in the snacking uh, industry, in the, the sort of healthy snacking um, arena, uh, it is such a competitive market such a competitive market and you know there, there are huge brands um such as nestle and cadbury's and mars um that uh we um have to com- compete with uh, and i think because of the situation supermarket buyers are um sticking with what they know a bit and sticking with the people the 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 big the the big companies who can afford the marketing um but on the other hand as a small brand you can be really flexible and you can chop and change you know so much more quickly than than the bigger brands um so for instance during the lockdown we had great success in Denmark (laughs) Um, so you know that so we we kind of focused our marketing to Denmark we got sort of Danish influencers talking about the the brand on um, on Instagram um, and just kind of that was really easy for us Um, 
and you you know exactly what's happening every day you see your bank account you know exactly what what you need to do um, whereas as a global brand I think that must be much much more difficult and then in healthy snacking we've got another uh, kind of um, milestone uh, which is the HFF HFSS um, legislation which is high fat sugar salt um, basically any products that are high and that are HFSS non-compliant can't be um, put by the tills can't basically can't be promoted properly Um, and we've just found out that we're one of the few uh, in inverted commas healthy snacking brands who is actually compliant you know, there's loads and loads of healthy snacking brands out there that aren't hfs compliant and they're going to have to reformulate um, now if we needed to reformulate it we could do that really easily because we're just so small and flexible uh, a global brand is gonna you know they're gonna have to go through so many hoops to be able to do that so you know there are swings and roundabouts I suppose that was a bit long-winded sorry (laughs) no 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 it was really interesting it was very interesting and actually the fact that you mentioned some of those global kind of super brands who in fact some of our audience and some of the consumers out there will be unaware that they might be moving to a health what they think is a healthy option um, which is in fact a sub 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 brand of one of those super brands um and that will be one of those items that is taken away from those um uh point of sale uh kiosk type areas or Mm -hmm. the advertising ban will apply to them because consumers might not be aware that um they are mass branded mass produced by by those huge brands so it's really interesting to hear to hear the mix and to yeah to understand about the the possibility of flexibility which i think is being agile these days seems to be one of the most important things. Um, mm. Bay, would would your experience reflect what Kate has said in terms of being an independent um, on the global marketplace? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think the key thing was just the flexibility of small brands that that Kate was saying. So yeah. It just means that, yes, we can adapt. And so getting that feedback from customers, you know, if, if something isn't right, um, we, we can tweak things. And, you know, we, we had a, a, an instance where we launched a product last year and um, going from uh, kitchen trials to factory trials, uh, the, a, any food product has to go through, that there are ever such minor tweaks. And actually this this had a slightly negative impact on one of our products and we got some feedback and we we were able to quickly change it. Now, if we were, as Kate said, you know, the likes of Nestle or, or someone that, that big, then to go through that that kind of change would just be, oh, I don't know, it would feel almost impossible, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, but we were able to just tweak that recipe, get it to where we we wanted it to be, and and you know carry on with it, and and that was amazing to be that flexible as a small brand. So I think that's that's where we we really win as a small brand, um, and it means that you can keep up with the you know the key trends and things um, much more easily. So you know if if we decided we wanted to launch. 
um, I don't know what's a trend at the moment, uh, you know, everything to do with gut health, but um, something to do with, I don't know, keto or something. It's far easier for a small brand to decide, right, we're going to launch this product and, and probably develop something and get it to market within, you know, three to six months or something, whereas it would probably take a massive brand two years or something to develop that. And, and that trend might have gone by that point. So it's definitely um, it's definitely one of the pluses of being a, a small independent brand. Yeah. And that, yeah, I can absolutely see that objectively listening to both of you. Um, it's so interesting to to contemplate that and actually kind of brings me up in hives imagining looking at the uh, P&L accounts of some of those massive brands having to make these decisions. And it must be such a stressful situation. And not to say that it isn't stressful and, and hugely challenging running a smaller brand. Um, but there was something that you just mentioned there, Bay. Uh, that I wanted to pick up on about um, following trends, uh, which I imagine could be fairly stressful in itself, seeing, oh, now everybody's talking about keto, everybody's talking about paleo, whatever it is that is um, of the moment. Is, would you say this may, be, this may be a foolish assumption, it may be a, a naive assumption, is there a particular demographic who is drawn to the concept of choosing healthier eating options um or is that it is it just a very broad broad spectrum of people in terms of ages and all sorts of other considerations who are interested in making healthier choices that's that's for you first bay i think i think it is broad um i think if i was going more sort of stereotypical at the moment I've noticed you know I mean social media is it's full of the younger generation anyway and and so that's you know what you see a lot more of but I think people moving out of home and making their own decisions are the ones becoming these kind of health conscious led consumers um so we're kind of finding the sort of 20 to 30s uh, age bracket the the kind of ones that seem to be leading that health side the ones that are that are the most active on social and so they are sharing you know our products our um our content that we put out and things a lot more um but i think i think it's 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 partly because more younger people are on social media but I think it is partly because they are then at that age where they become independent and they can make their own health choices um what you know rather than just having meals cooked for them at, at home by their parents and it's it's being able to have that independence and that freedom to choose what you want to eat and um you know I've, I've met a lot of uh, vegans over the last uh, sort of um couple of years and and you know they do typically tend to be in that age bracket and it's I think there's more education particularly on social media again which where we set you know share a lot of our content and things um so I think it's from that perspective but um but also just I think it's that freedom that they can suddenly choose what they what they eat and what they put in their bodies and and so they do their research and they've become these this health conscious led age bracket gives me hope for the future and makes me feel quite <laughs> old I have to say <laughs> but no it's all it all rings very true uh Kate is that does that reflect your experience in terms of appealing to a particular demographic yeah I, it's 
we've been through, you know, what is our target market and always ask that. And, and I think for, for us, our audience is uh, basically more an attitude to life rather than um, a particular age group. Um, so, you know, it's people who are looking to lead a healthier lifestyle. We call them every everyone actives, <laughs> everyday actives. Um, having said that, uh, the exactly as Bay said, that that twenty to thirty age group um, of for us particularly women, so sort of women who are interested in fitness, eating more healthily, um, uh, leading on to sort of mums and their families, um, it, that those are the ones that are most active on social media and who are actively, I think, looking for alternatives to, uh, you know, interested in, in, in alternatives to what they have yeah, grown up with. Absolutely. Appealing to a mindset, which mm. is very appealing to me, actually. I think um, like-minded people can energise each other, and that's yes. something really positive. Um, unbelievably, we've come to my final uh, question for each of you, and I feel like I should have been taking notes, so I'm very glad that this is being recorded because we've learned so much <laughs> from speaking to you both today. Um, Bay, I have one last question for you. Um, Part of your mission, a big part, an essential part, is to empower more people to talk about their lives with IBS and to offer support and advice to one another as a community. Um, how do you make Bay's Kitchen a part of that conversation? I mean, we've kind of taken it for granted through this conversation, but how do you do it in terms of your interactive content? We know that you make these great videos. We know that you're speaking to your audience all the time. How, how do you do it? What, with what sense of purpose do you go out and do that? So we, we do rely on our website quite heavily in terms of the hosting the content. So our recipes that I mentioned and our, our blog area um, are, are quite well visited. But um, social media, I mean, you know, people love it, people hate it, but it is one of the best tools to get that content out to people um, and and just um, the community share it for us. You know, we we only do so much ourselves where we'll use social media, we'll use um, our email platform, um, we'll use our website, we will use exhibitions and shows and things to get to people. But we're really lucky in the space that we're in um, where people suddenly find our products and find it works for them, that they really want to tell other people and help them too, which is exactly why I started this brand. But it means that we share our conversation through the power of word of mouth where other people are sharing it. So they're tagging us in their meals on social and sharing it with their friends. We run competitions to get people to tag their friends in and things to to get the the word out there um but we're like I say we're really lucky with with our customers that they they're just such a a great group of people who who want to tell other people how you know our products and our 
and our blog articles and our recipes and everything really help them and and so that they can help other people in turn and that's that's one of the the best powers I guess of social media and and other marketing kind of content is is getting people to share it for you and and that really works for us. That's basically every brand's dream. Letting, <laughs> letting the audience love you and and take care of sharing the story for you. That is that is wonderful. But it's also wonderful because it's such a positive and inspiring story that you are sharing. And Kate, you obviously also have a shared mission to empower and inspire, not only with your cookbooks, but with your Cook 5 with Kate campaign. Um how much does your audience themselves, how much do they inspire you to create that content and, and to create those recipes? I've got a feeling they're a pretty big part of your inspiration. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I suppose I, the, the, the difference between Bay's brand and the Kate Percy's brand is that um, I, Kate Percy's kind of started... Um, uh, as, a, uh, as, a, as just me as a writer <laughs> um, and author with the books uh, and the education program and then the, the products came later and the sort of brand came later. Um, so a lot of my content is inspired by, for instance, the work that we've done in schools, um, uh, really kind of seeing what, what, kids and teachers actually mm-hmm. um, like how how you know what how their cooking skills what you know what, what recipes suit um, the sort of lack of cooking skills and how we can help improve those skills um, and that's the whole concept of cook five with Kate is that we're kind of um, it's almost like dumbing it all down to actually everyone can cook five recipes and here's five really good nutritional tips that will kind of give you a good sort of starter pack as it were to get um to to kind of improve the way that you that you eat and and get inspired to 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 uh eat to, to a healthier lifestyle really not just eating but moving as well um so that's really i mean one one sixth former said to me, he, he came up to me and he said, Kate, I, um, I'm really enjoying this course. Uh, and I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, I've studied nutrition in my BTEC uh, sport. I've studied nutrition. Um, but I didn't actually relate any of it to actual food that we eat, <laughs> you know, you know mm-hmm. how to put that into recipes and uh, and." and use it and I think that's the whole thing it's kind of bringing good nutrition into the everyday so that people can can cook easily and quickly and healthily um so that's where the inspiration I suppose comes from and again as Bay said it's 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 really just getting out there through everything coming from the website um uh via and, and, and then out into social media and then meeting people at shows, um, the email um, system, um, and just trying to spread that word as much as we can. Absolutely. Well, it feels like 
a mutual inspiration cycle to me. And I've certainly been very inspired listening to both of you today. And sadly, it's time to draw this episode of Paradise Talks to a close by thanking my brilliant and inspiring guests, Kate Percy of Kate Percy's. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. And Thank Babe you Burdett. You're, you're welcome, Kate. It was an absolute pleasure. And like I say, we've learned so much from both of you. And I'd also like to thank Bay Burdett of Bay's Kitchen. Thank you so much for having me as well. It's been, it's been great chatting to you both. Oh, thanks, Bay. I will. I'm just inspired to to reach out and cook and enjoy healthy, yummy, yummy food and lifestyle because it's such an important part of every day. Um, thank you both, and thank you to everyone for listening. I would also love to thank our amazing producer Luke, and I promise that we'll be back soon with another episode of Paradise Talks. Mm-hmm.